Hello world, huh? The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? The wait is over for Canadian fans, and the dream is now a reality for Brooke Henderson. And Corey Connors' day indeed has arrived. He's a winner on the PGA Tour. A clutch up and down for Mackenzie Hughes. Oh, my goodness. Time for... The Golf Show with Brent Gunning and Sam McKee. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hello, hello. How are we doing on this Saturday morning golf show with the golf guys? Brent Gunning, Sam McKee here with you for the next hour. Boy, tons to get into. We've got a women's major on the go, including a Canadian in contention. So, you know, we're going to dive into that. The FedEx Cup playoffs are in full swing. John Rahm's leading. He's also complaining about the format. So, you know, we love to talk about that. We've got a Canadian in the mix there. Oh, oh, if it's late in the PGA Tour season, you better believe Mac Hughes is rolling in some long putts that matter and get him even deeper into the playoffs but it's a Saturday morning I'm looking out my window I think it's a touch overcast and you know we're going to start with the uh, the weather forecast with the golf talk in southern Ontario Sam McKee how you doing on this fine Saturday morning morning Gunner I'm so thrilled to be talking golf with you buddy always a pleasure uh first things first let's get to the weather uh mixing sun and cloud today 30% chance of showers this afternoon. 30% chance of showers. You know what that means, Gunners? 70%, 70% chance of sun. Chance. Yes, sir. 70% chance of sun with a little risk of thunderstorm. High 31. A little humid out there. Uh, take advantage. You know, we're kind of in the last little spurt, I guess I'll say, of summer. So go out there and enjoy it. Maybe take the gold bond. Maybe uh, put some sunscreen on. Have a couple cold beers. Play fast. Play well. Have fun. And secondly... I'm just thankful we don't have to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays today. So let's talk some golf, Gunner. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, that was really the uh, the John Vandeveld of, of Blue Jays losses uh, last night. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was rough. That was rough. I don't have many. Charlie Montoya was the John Vandeveld of, yeah, of right. Major League Managers. Not what you want. I don't have a lot of good things to say there. For a second, it looked like it was just going to be the Hideki Matsuyama uh, Masters win <laughs> of Jays losses, where it's like, ah, they blow it, but they come back. No, it, it was you had both the Hideki going in the water and Xander Shoffley uh, going in the water. Uh, rough, rough <laughs> night for the Jays. And as you mentioned, uh, yes, happier we can focus on things that, that are making us happier than the Toronto Blue Jays are right now. And, well, what that always is, is it's the wonderful game of golf. You know, last week we came on here, had our chest all puffed out after playing at the lovely Oakdale Golf and Country Club. And, boy, Ooh, what an experience Still that dreaming was. about that, I, I still am, too. Oh, the amount of texts I've been sending. Hey, did you hear I played Oakdale? Not to brag or anything, but did you hear I played <laughs> And the run of tremendous GTA golf continued albeit in the public realm for us this week you know uh we we were lucky enough to get to play in a uh, pro-am for the mckenzie tour event uh the the osprey valley open up at tpc toronto they've got three tremendous courses it's being played on heathlands this week and you know uh we we got to play with one of the uh the pros a uh, guy in contention uh brandon lacasse after two rounds a hot start for him but it was just mind-boggling to us to see 
how good the pros truly are. And again, this is a guy who's on the McKenzie tour. There's still at least two levels to climb if he wants to get up to the best tour. And seeing how strong and how tight someone like that's game can be, it was truly special. So that, that led us to our text question today. 590, 590, please include your name and location. First things first, as always, we always want to know where you're pegging it. If you're out there, there is few. Oh, yeah. It's funny. You and I are both not huge music on the courses guy, but I don't know about you, but there's no bigger compliment I've got in this business than knowing that there are boys out there in carts or walking around, and it's my dulcet tones accompanying you for the round uh so if you're out there teeing it up let us know 590 590 wherever you're going to be uh today uh or this weekend play them. we want to hear from you we also want to hear what is the part of the game for the pros that whether you see it in person at a canadian open or a cp women's open or maybe you're able to check out some of the mckenzie tour action or you're just watching it on tv what is the one part of the game that is just mind-boggling to you maybe it's the short game maybe it's the consistency off the fairway uh mckee I'll, I'll throw that to you and then we can just kind of lead that into to what a tremendous experience it was to get to play in a pro-am uh, we had the starter calling our names which is an experience in and of itself but what is the thing i'll, I'll ask you that question then we'll dovetail into the experience so what is the thing for you about the pros that they just make look way too easy that you can't fathom so this is one that our, our boy brennan never did but the fairway bunker play is the one that always blows me away that's the number one thing that the pros do that always boggles my mind. And I I actually think over the past couple of years, I've improved that part of my game where if I'm in a fairway bunker, I can at least advance it, you know? Like, I can, like I'm can like i not, like, fluffing it out of there and it's not going, like, 20 yards. I can at least get it 100 yards out of there with a 9-iron or an 8-iron or something. But, like, when these guys are in a bunker that's, like, 170 and it's like they're not even in sand and they just, like, drop a dart from that, that blows my mind. I truly don't understand how they do that. So that's the one part of it. That always kills me, and it's just you know, it's the overall consistency. It's what all the guys, all the women out there are trying to trying to chase when you're going out and playing at your local course. It's trying to chase that somewhat consistency, trying to chase the you know having the straight drive all the time, having the solid approaches, having the putting, but just having all the aspects of the game together consistently is just something that's so impressive. So it's the fairway bunker for me. That's the number one thing that blows my mind when it comes to the pros. It's it's so funny what it is about like other people's games that jumped out to you because hey we've talked about it many times you're a better golfer than me you you swing a much much better than I do but that is one part of my game that for whatever reason I don't know maybe I just haven't had the bad experiences maybe the worms haven't crawled inside my brain but I get up in a fairway bunker as long as I'm not right up against the lip I'm comfortable grabbing seven iron hell we played at Oakdale I hit five wood out of a fairway bunker and I got it near the front of the green there Justin Bourne can attest so it's funny that that you would think that that'd be something that I'd be kind of jumping to as well but for me what it is is and this is super niche and you don't always get to see it I mean a guy a guy who you see it so much with is a guy like Spieth or somebody is the different ways they can hit chips around the green and pitch shots Mm -hmm. you or I if we're having a good day with the short game it's usually a pretty consistent kind of trajectory. Maybe you've got the low checker that's working for you. Maybe you really have the high flop shot that's working well for you. But the way these guys and girls can kind of pick different windows and say, okay, I need this to hop twice and then and then roll out 10 feet for me. I need this to check up immediately. I need to get this up and down in a hurry. That's the thing that blows my mind. It's 
even even the the recreational golfers, even the worst among us, we've all had days where we're kind of clipping it a little bit with the wedges, but you're just clipping it one way, and it's all smoke and mirrors. But seeing these these pros be able to just vary their pitch shots, hold a whole you know, shot to shot, depending on what they need, that is the thing that just blows my mind. And of course, along with that, the consistency of it, the fact that you just you pretty much outside of Colin Morikawa yesterday because he has his bad back. You just never see a duff chip. It's it's so remarkable when you do see it, and it's just the consistency that they're able to do it. So that's the thing for me. Yeah, and uh, they, that, it's funny that you're talking about that. On the broadcast yesterday, they were talking about Spieth, and he was he put on a show yesterday. We'll get that to that in the second half of the show, but his chipping was immaculate yesterday. And, you know, I, I do like to fancy myself a decent chipper, but, like, you know, I'm not getting through a whole round without, like, at least one that makes me want to break my club into. Like, there's always <laughs> going to be one of those that you go out there and you're like, oh, my God. Like, if you're in a thick rough around the green or you're on a tight lie in front, that is such a hard part of the game. So I, I like that answer from you. Yeah, and uh, I see the answers uh, trickling in on the text line. 590-590, please include your name and location. Uh, I-, I like this one here. The best part of watching pros, going to the driving range and simply listening to the sound off the club. We talked about this. Yeah, I guess it was last weekend with, with Sean McKenzie that that is the biggest compliment you can play, pay to one of your golf buddies. Ooh, sounding good. Because again, it sets the expectations just perfectly, right? Yeah, who knows where it's going, but it's sounding good. But when you hear these guys make contact, I mean, you can even hear it on the broadcast. You know, sometimes you'll get DJ or a Bryson paired up with like a Brian Harmon or a really soft hitter. And it's just amazing to see night and day. Actually, this event, <laughs> Brian this Harmon. Is, I love you go to old uh, old Harmon first. Hey, one. look, you, you wear you wear those glasses and putt with that putter. Uh, you're going to catch some strays uh, on this golf show. But it's exactly perfect because the Northern Trust at this event, I think it was last year, it might have been two years ago. But DJ and Spieth ended up in a playoff in the 18th hole. They have big water, or they have a huge pond all down the left hand side, and Spieth played out to the right of the pond. And he had, I don't know, 200 yards or something in for his second shot. And DJ just bombed it over the pond. And he had a flip wedge in. And that was the end of the tournament right there. And you see it perfectly. Like, DJ is the maybe prototypical example of it just sounds so different coming off his clubs. I love that answer on the text line. Yeah, we got lots of texts coming in here. So we'll get to the we'll get to some of the texts here in a little bit about uh, where you're teeing it. Because I'm seeing some teeing it texts. And that's what we love to see. Tell us where you're teeing it. And we will read it. And we will talk about it. So... I, I just quickly, I mean, do you want to go back to the to the to the the uh, Brennan Lacash show that we witnessed yes, on, on Tuesday please. afternoon at TPC? All right. So I mean, he is obviously a player. There's no doubt about it. He's in contention heading into this weekend. And you know, when you get to say that you're playing with a pro, uh, you expect a guy to be a good player. But man, oh man, talk about a first impression. Goes out there on the first tee, and he's playing the tips. He's playing, obviously, he's playing the professional the professional uh, uh, tees. And talk about the sound. The first driver swing, I was like, okay. Three, like, got to be, what, 300 yards straight down the middle, high, what, one foot, one yard fade right down the middle. Takes out his, I don't know, five iron, six iron, drops a dart to four feet on a par five, rolls it in for eagle. I'm like, oh. Oh, that's what it looks like. That's what this game is supposed to look like. And then from there, we were off. The guy goes out in 28, Gunner. 28. <laughs> Obviously, slowed down a little bit back on the back nine. I think he finished 63. But going 28 on the way out was one of the absolute most absurd things I've ever seen. 
the uh, uh, the one spot where he I think it was number eight where he dropped the dart. It was a weird kind of putt. It was like up a hill and then like down a ridge, probably like a thirty five footer. It hits the ridge perfectly. It's rolling down the hill. It's trundling. It's trundling. And on the last rotation, it falls in for the birdie. And he looked kind of around. And even he, this guy's a nasty player. Even he had a smirk on his face. He's like, what is happening? So he had it out. He put on an absolute show. Huge beauty. I'm more invested in this guy's career than um, than Tiger Woods, than any of these guys on tour. <laughs> I'm a now, this is now a LaCasse golf show, sponsored by LaCasse. But I, I don't know what, what, what part of impressed you the most of his game. But his his driving, I don't think he's ever going to putt like that, like he he did on that front nine. That may be the best nine he's ever had in his life. But boy, oh boy, his driving and his iron play was super consistent. What jumped out to you? Well, honestly, it wasn't even a facet of his game that jumped out to me. It was his reaction to how he was playing. We've all played with buddies where they're having the round of their yes. life. And you're just seeing the look on their face where they don't want to talk about it too much or they're just trying to keep composed and keep it to themselves. And, you know, we obviously you're playing with a pro. You expect this player to be really good. And and he was. But you could even tell that it was just a special nine for him to put together going to going out in 28. So being part of that moment for a professional was just really cool. And honestly, it does go back to just the consistency. There were no bad spots. There was never a time in the entirety of the round where, ooh, you're in jail now. Ooh, you have to get up and down out of this greenside bunker. It was just always ho-hum pars, just easily kind of going about the day. So that was it for me. It was just the fact that you just never, he never found himself in bad spots. And again, it's just so eye-opening to see how talented these guys are. And the fact that, like, Somebody clipped him by two, I think, that day in, in the Pro-Am. And the fact that there was a better round out there, like, we thought that had to be the course record. We were convinced. There was yeah. no way anybody could ever there play any better than that. And the fact that somebody was able to do it on that day, it was just incredible. And, again, we, we should probably thank our friends out at, out at TPC. What a tremendous oh, yeah. experience they've got out there. Obviously, you know, our day at the Pro-Am, uh, a little better than most. Anytime you're stepping up to the tee, I don't know that there's been a person less deserving of a uh, – <laughs> From the 140 tea time, Brent Gunning. I don't know that there's ever been anyone less deserving of that, but hey, it happens. Four, please. Yeah, it. Gunner oh, on the tee. Definitely four, and the guys with the uh, with the airplane signs behind them. A lot of right. Get right. Get way right. Because uh, I'm I'm Tiger Woods. There cannot say enough good things about the day. And honestly, here's the other thing I'd say: if you are a golf nerd like us, and you probably are, if you're listening to this show, I. When you get an opportunity, if you got a McKenzie Tour event around you, get out, go see it. I am not sure on the price of tickets. I cannot imagine it's overly prohibitive. Go out there and see it. Tremendous day. You get to walk a beautiful piece of property, and you'll be able to kind of follow along and see everybody out there. So I cannot say enough good things about our experience there. Completely agree. And I want to just say that the TPC experience, it's, you know, it's 40 minutes. I live in the West End of Toronto. It's 40 minutes from downtown Toronto to a world, like honestly, like a borderline world-class three golf courses. And the thing that blows out, blows my mind about that place is, you know, 
there's three completely different tracks. Like Heathlands, I was blown away by how different it is than The Hoot, and The Hoot is so much different than The North. I've now played all three, and all three are completely different things. So it's an incredible spot. Maybe even figure out a way to do 36 there one day. You do a morning round one place, uh, you know, and an afternoon one other place. So I, I'm just blown away by that place. I, I love it there, and they treated us well. So uh, that was that, and I, you know... Not to brag, but had a big week with golf. Got to play a couple of the rounds. Of course, we played at Beloved Lakeview and uh, played mm-hmm. a little Copetown Woods, too. And, you know, uh, I'll say Lakeview, great as always, uh, in, in amazing shape. Greens are rolling. Greens are rolling. Boy, oh, boy, were they fast. I was horrible putting. God, I used to be such a good putter, and I'm kind of broken on it. And then on, well, on you Thursday, talked to the, uh, Hold on. We have to do the PSA here. You talked no, about no. it. You you talk no you talked about how good a putter you are to someone and you've basically broken everything. Oh, yeah. So never acknowledge yeah. it. If it's going yeah. well, just head down, Bobby Orr, right to the next tee box. No celebrating about your putts. So just PSA, don't acknowledge it or it will go. And on Thursday, I played another round, and you didn't weren't included in this one because I wanted your lovely wife Sam uh, to not disown you. So I I thought about I invited somebody else that round and. Um, yeah, my we twin. You just, Woods, you're like, hey, uh, who's yes. another guy I know with a mustache? Let's get him in this round, and that's what yeah. we did. <laughs> yeah, and old Maddie, we got Maddie out, and um, Copetown Woods. I think they might be setting up for the Canadian Open. I, <laughs> God, the it was so hard, and it was so hot, and the rough was thick, and the greens weren't holding. That is an incredible track, but boy, oh boy, bring your big boy shoes to that course because it is playing tough. So. Uh, just an incredible week of golf in, in the GTA. There's so many different types of courses around that you want to play. Like like I said, we played at the Heathlands. Amazing Lynx-style course, 40 minutes north. And then you go down to play in Lakeview. Parkland-style, old-school Toronto. Awesome track. Really reasonably priced. And then you go out to Cope uh, Town. A long brood of a course. Lots of rough, lots of fescue, tough track. I wouldn't exactly call it Lynx. So you just, you, you know, you just play all these different types of courses in Ontario and Southern Ontario. I know we were on in different pla- in places, but it's a really incredible area for golf. And we're really blessed to have this in the GTA. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, we always talk about what a beautiful golfing country we have. And hey, if you're listening, 960 in Calgary, 650 in Vancouver, we want to hear from you. I mean, I know that it, you've been out, you, you've, you've played out there, you've played on kind of both coasts or at least close enough to it. I have got to get out. I've got to play some golf uh, outside of this province. Played, yes, played golf in Jamaica, but I haven't played golf in Alberta. So maybe I should, uh, maybe I should got fix me beat that. there. I do have you beat there, and boy, what an experience that was. Uh, my boy, Clayton, my caddy down there. Loved him, loved him, loved him. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Sure oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, if you're out there, just know I loved you. Just know I loved you. Um, man, what an experience it was. And, you know, that, that is the thing. Anytime you can get to not travel all that far and play tons of different styles of courses, it's so great. And, and yeah, of course, uh, not, not quite in the GTA, but just a little north of us. I mean, I know, I know you love to go up north, play some golf, although you, you just call it home. Uh, you don't call it up north, uh, Owen Sound, and then you keep going more and oh, yeah. more and more north. You would just uh, the, the terrain changes that little bit more. It's funny. I just, I uh, just kind of popped up in my camera memories. I this weekend last year, I took a, I took a trip up up north to Perry Sound, played a little golf, and it, I played this course. It's called Oak Bay, and it had these really cool bunkers that were kind of cut out of granite, and then they filled the bunker with the sand, or they filled the hole with sand and stuff. So you had these really cool like granite back faces to greens. Ooh, very, baby. very cool Ooh, experience. Baby, 
little pricey. I'm into that big time. Yeah, I will say a little little pricey, and it also had this one hole that uh, there's a par three with a lot of the like tall corn style, uh, gr- like willowy grass, and it gave me big time Liberty National vibes. I felt like I was standing out there. Now, granted, Ooh. I was looking out at Georgian Bay, which which I'd argue is hey, just as beautiful. A bay close to my heart. I, well, I was going to say, uh, uh, what's more beautiful, Georgian Bay or Lady Liberty? Like, who who really can say? Because I, I might say Georgian Bay. I might. Uh, and it's just, it's so amazing how courses that really don't have a ton in common can kind of give you those little moments where you just think and you see you see other things in them. And that's honestly one of the things we love most. So, again, wherever you're pegging it, we want to know 590, 590 on the text line. Please include your name and location. Also, uh, whatever, also whatever you think it is that impresses you most about the pros. We want to hear from you on the text line as well. Beauty. So just before we head off here, I just got, I'm just, uh, I follow the Osprey Valley open on Twitter now. Uh, not a big deal because uh, I love them and I love it. it says it's going to be a good day for a round uh, for round three at the Osprey Valley open with PGA tour Canada. Admission is free. Come out and oh, watch some go. great golf. So if you're in the area, if you've got nothing to do, to do today, I mean, free is as good as it gets and you get to go see these guys who are dropping darts like the leader is it noah Steele that's leading he's an amateur he's 11 under through two rounds so you're gonna go out there you're gonna see some birdies you're gonna have some fun gorgeous spot get to walk around and see some pros you know that's a i couldn't recommend that highly enough so go enjoy yourself well, and go for the experience, but also, hey, uh, you know, uh, not that you and I are these guys, but we know it's a cryptocurrency stock trading world. Go buy some stock on one of these guys. You drive through, you see the Corey Connors banner because he won on the McKenzie Tour. Yep. You better believe if Brendan LaCasse, when, he, when not if, oh when he God. makes it to the PGA Tour, you better believe that's our guy. And you'll have that experience, too. If you get out there, walk around, follow somebody. Honestly, a tremendous experience. I'd probably say bring some water. I think it's supposed to be really, really hot out there. So take care of yourself. Uh, if you got a bucket hat, if you want to go Joel Damon, that's probably a good move uh, if you're out there today. But if you're looking for something to do, uh, check it up again. Text line's always open, 590-590. Include your name and location. You're listening to The Golf Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Golf show. Brent Gunning, Sam McKee. Love being here on a Saturday morning. Technical director Derek Brendale, making sure we sound oh so good. Always love having him shepherd us along on these fine airwaves on the Sportsnet Radio Network. 590 here in Toronto. 650 for our friends in Vancouver. 960 in Calgary. Always love, love, love having you guys alongside me. As we've been mentioning, 590, 590. Want to hear from you on the text line. Please include your name and location. We want to know two things. As always, where are you teeing it up this week? And what is the one part of pros games that just stands out the most to you? What impresses you the most? Uh, yes, I know. You would all, we'd all sign up for the 68 that they're only a little bit happy with. But what part of it, if we want to get to the nitty-gritty, uh, excites us? Also, a uh, few events on the go right now. Of course, the Northern Trust moving day there for the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Everybody's chasing John Rahm. Mac Hughes is your, your low Canadian there. He'll try to make a weekend move, although both him and Connors are, are pretty safely into uh, next weekend inside the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings. Of course, uh, over across the pond at Cardinal 
We've got the AIG Women's Open on the go right now. Not the start. Brooke Henderson would have liked uh, the Canadian bogeys on her first hole, so she's now four off the lead, but still plenty, plenty, plenty of golf to play. She's just early on, just on her second hole, in fact, of the round. Canadian looking for her second career major there. Uh, again, it's just, uh, I, I think Brooke Henderson, and you don't need to hear, you don't need to, me to tell you this, although... I'm always the one banging the drum. I don't know that there's a more underappreciated great Canadian athlete that we have than, than Brooke Henderson. Once again, just finding herself smack dab in the mix at a major, almost certainly going to find herself inside the top tw 20, probably going to grind her way inside the, the top 10. And that's why I think uh, we just, we sometimes take for granted just how steady and how dominant Brooke Henderson can be. A lot of great women on tour. Of course, the quarter sisters, they've been dominant. Jatanagar and Lydia Coe, she's coming back around. So there's a lot, a lot uh, going on in the women's tour there but Brooke Henderson I uh, can't ever forget about her and uh, again not the start you would like today but still a lot a lot a lot of golf left over in Carnoustie uh, I'm going to take a look at the leaderboard now for the PGA Tour stop of course, of course again it is the Northern Trust now John Rahm had some comments this weekend about that he doesn't like the format of the FedEx Cup playoff now I'm kind of torn on it of course, if you missed it, last year they went to the aggregate scoring for the Tour Championship. So once it gets down to the final 30 guys, they will not start with everybody at even par. You know, presuming it's John Rahm who has the lead heading into the FedEx Cup or the Tour Championship, he will start at 10 under. The next guy will start at 8 under. After that, at 6, so on and so forth, so that whoever wins the Tour Championship is, in fact, your winner. Now, John Rahm's sitting here saying, hold on, you're telling me, I win the first two playoff events and then I poop the bed in Eastlake and I don't get to win the playoffs because of one bad tournament, even though I won twice. I understand where he's coming from, but I hated the world where, you know, let's put it to Justin Rose. When hello? Tiger Woods won the tour. Hell, hello. I heard hello? you there, Sam McKee. Yeah, we got hey. you. I'm just going to finish up my point about uh, Tiger Woods, and then we'll, we'll welcome you uh, back in. I know. What a shock. That's, that's where I ended up. When Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship in, I believe it was 2018, 2019, and he's walking up the fairway, and it's this majestic, glorious moment, and Rory's running out of the way so he can have his moment. And then it goes to Justin Rose fist-pumping his lag putt to guarantee him winning the tour, the playoff, and his $10 million. We can't have that where two guys feel like they're winning a golf tournament at the same time. So I understand John Rahm's beef with not liking the aggregate scoring for the, the playoff finale, but I just think the world we live in now, we can't have kind of two winners at the end of the season. There needs to be one guy holding the trophy and getting the big checks. That's why I actually do like the, uh, the aggregate scoring. Sam McKee, I believe I have you with me. Let's check in. Hello? Oh, there we go. Is there an echo? There's an echo and there's a delay, but I've got you. Well, then, I mean, I don't want to torture our listeners here if it sounds terrible. So if you want to keep talking about the talk about the PGA Tour, golf, read some texts, we'll try to figure this out. Okay, go figure this out. I will gladly do that. I will okay, gladly talk about the PGA Tour any day, all the time. Uh, hey, man, the wonders of working from home, the wonders of technology here. Uh, I was going to save the text for McKee because I know he loves him so much. But you know I'm going to jump into the text line here. Always love hearing from you guys. 590, 590. Please include your name and location. Uh, Mike from Bowmanville, he's playing at the Hoot at Osprey Valley today. 
I love that track. Uh, it, it's a top 50 in Canada, according to the last score golf rankings, if memory serves me correct. The only one I haven't played up at TPC is the North Course. I'm not sure how it looks in comparison to to the Heathlands and in comparison to the Hoot. The Hoot is one of my favorite visual courses I've ever seen. The tall pines that frame the whole place, the kind of cart path, waste bunkers that you have there. It is just such a cool visual look. I love it. And if I, again, we talk about how some courses can kind of look like others. You know, uh, Sam McKee mentioned Copetown Woods, another place we love playing. They have their, their whole 17 there. It would fit in perfectly at the Hoot with the tall, tall pines. It is just a look that you do not get in this part of the country all that often kind of reminiscent to uh to a a kind of like a carolina's look uh of a of a golf course uh what else have we got here brad from the hammer teeing it up at legends on niagara ushers creek uh he told me his tea time i'll leave that out there in case you want to we want some wiggle room from your family as to what time you're actually going to wrap that round up uh brad and the hammer uh but yes always love uh teeing it up but hey uh not that far from me so uh maybe i'll have to uh to check that out uh who else have we got uh Lads, love your enthusiasm. Tipping it at Mad River this afternoon. I have not heard of this place, but that sounds like a place I need to play some golf. Mad River sounds incredible. Sam McKee's telling me he's back. I believe I heard him chortling on the text line. Let's try this again. Sam McKee, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. Am I sounding somewhat normal? Sounding great. We're good. Oh, spectacular news. Um, you know, when you get off... At 8 a.m. on a Saturday, you'd hope that you're not, you can hear each other and you can echo. And I don't want to have that happen for our listeners because they're just so great to send their stuff in. And I, I don't know which ones you've read. I heard you talking about uh, the guy at Niagara. I didn't want to uh, disclose his tea time in case of, you know, in case he told a different time. Love that move by you. Uh, uh, I got another one. You want yeah, to go ahead. Keep going to that? No, Gunner yeah, go ahead. The Gunner in the Breeze. Got the Breeze nickname back mm. from my Wonger in the Breeze days. It's your favorite, Andrea from London. Hey, Andrea. Uh, night suck. Teeing off in half an hour at the London Hunt Club, London uh, Hunt and Country Club. I really wish I could putt like the pros. So spot on and smooth. Have a great day, boys. Cheers. And then she says, hashtag go Knights. Playing like the pros would be extremely fun. You know? Like these guys, I, I think that's a thing that we didn't mention when we were talking about um, things that blow us away the leg putting and their in a, their ability to not three putt and just to put everything within you know a uh, a saucer cup of the of the of the pin on these incredibly hard greens in the PGA Tour is something that we really their skills I had, in the last two rounds I played I had two four putts so that's uh, if you need to know about how my about how my game's going uh, yeah I'm not putt like the pros Andrea so there you go. It's funny to think about that because we all have like the Achilles part of our game. I mean, I have I have plenty of Achilles heels. I I only have two heels, but I have like seven Achilles heels in my in my golf game. But I wonder even just something like, you know, I struggle getting off the tee. The slice is real bad. It's real wonky. And I just wonder how much different I would score if I was just able to get it the fairway more times than not. And I think there are a ton of people who have had that exact conversation with themselves. What if I just didn't three putt? What if I was able to eliminate that? My The whole rest of my crappy game was still there. The flub chips, the duff, the iron shots, nubbing one off the tee 100 yards down. If all that stuff was still there, but you never three-putt. Just think of all the all of the strokes. You'd be able to shave off your score. So I, I love that one. 
And uh, this is a great text. Uh, Glennon from Oakville. Playing Dundas Valley Golf and Curling Club Ooh. in Dundas, Ontario this weekend. Yes, the club is private. But it's truly a hidden gem and is such an affordable membership. It's ridiculous. I have played many of the best courses in Canada and Dundas Valley compares to any of them. So if there's anybody listening from Dundas Valley say. that... Yeah, I mean... We don't mind playing golf at nice courses, so anybody wants to have the boys out, we're happy to go. Happy to go swing it there, you know, if we need to. A little work trip. And we we have actually spoke to Mackenzie Hughes two times in our life, so I think that means we're, like, a little bit closer. And again, like we said, you know, uh, just as, as stalwart members of the Canadian golf community, we think that would be a lovely place to play golf if there's anyone out there that could make that happen. I mean, hey, it's just sometimes life just presents you with a, just a wonderful opportunity. We don't often beg exclusively for tea times. Normally it's just, hey, invite us out. But sometimes a specific place presents itself with an opportunity. Uh, of course, I believe they have the par three course that is actually named after Mac Hughes. It is the Mac Hughes par three course. So yes, very, very cool. Uh, it's definitely a place you and I have been uh, been thinking about, been circling there. Uh, so uh, yes, uh, lovely, lovely to hear that they've got a uh, lovely and welcoming membership. We'd love to feel it uh, one day. Uh, golf guys here, Brett Gutting, Sam McKee. Always love hearing from you guys on the text line. So this one's from Chris and Pefferlock. And it's about what the pros do that blow them away. And I don't know if you read this one or not while I was in the in – the, how they can control – I think that's a great one because, you know, I can do it the runway. Like, I can control – I don't know. I'm always – you know, I host a golf show. I should know. But I guess it's a fade if it's going to the left, right? Well, you're a left-handed golfer, though. Is that right? So this, I can never remember because yeah. you're a lefty. I know what it does okay, for me. So I know what it is. But for a lefty, it always breaks me. I, I I can control it going left, but I can't control it going it over the other way. And my uncle Don always wants me to turn it over the other way. He's like, just turn it over the other way, and you'd be amazing. It's like, yeah, thanks, Don. Thanks. It's like, yeah, I could t- turn it right. I'd be a lot better. You're right. What a astute observation. <laughs> When you when you see Bubba, I mean, like he's the obvious one for this. I mean, plenty of guys can bend it, but nobody like Bubba. When you see him set up, and it's always Kapalua, I think of, because it has the big bend right to left around the ocean. When you see him set up to just slice that thing, and it is a sli- it, twice, it's just incredible, incredible, incredible to see. And yeah, the fact that you can do it on command. I mean, I can hit, I can hit a nasty slice, bend it. You've seen it. 70 yards of left to right movement I can put on that thing. I cannot do that intentionally. And, yeah, it is, uh, it is mind-boggling there. Uh, plenty of text coming in. Also, got a look at the, uh, the PGA event this weekend. Uh, Going to step aside here on the golf show. So keep the text coming, 590, 590. Please include your name and location. Uh, this is the golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. <laughs> Frank Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me. As always, you're welcome to join in. Text line's wide open, 590-590. Please include your name and location. Simon tells us he's teeing it up at a really golf and country club. Lovely. Sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. I'm just jealous, everybody who's getting out there. Not getting out today. Not getting out tomorrow. It's a swinging the sticksless weekend for me. And you know that always makes me uh, a little, a little bit sad. Love hearing from you guys, and thank you so much for doing so. Also... If you love the golf talk, you don't need to go anywhere. 
RBC off the tee, Ian Leggett. That's coming up at noon today across the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, the PGA Tour stop this week is the Northern Trust. We had something wild happen in that event yesterday. Always funny when these moments happen. You know, hey, we love watching the golf. We love watching guys stick it tight. We watch, like watching them nip little chips. Lots of things we like to watch. And sometimes we like to see something awkward. And boy, do you get it on a golf broadcast. Hideki Matsuyama bonks his driver right, catches a cart path, bounces up, and lands inside of a guy's golf shirt. It, like, nuzzled in between his, like, rolls, I guess, and his golf shirt. And then Hideki had to walk over and kind of, like, do I fish it out? Do I mark the ball on this guy's back? How does this work? I, he ended up getting a drop, but it was just an all-time awkward moment. And, and you could tell Hideki even was like, well, what do I do here? I didn't hit the guy. It's not my fault. He was just standing around. But it was just one of those funny moments. And we've had a bunch of them. Rory hit his dad. Thomas Peters hit his dad at the Ryder Cup a few years ago. Just always funny when something like that happens. Big time, and I, I don't know what the chances of that happening are. They're not very good, but I was a huge swing in the round for him because he was going bad there, and that ball was headed most likely OB, right? That was headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. He was kind of standing not on the OB line but pretty close to it, and uh, but he had the bad finishing hole yesterday, Hideki. He had the triple, didn't he, on the final hole? So I guess maybe that's the golf gods coming back for him at the end, but I, I don't know. I mean, this kind of propels me into a little take about Hideki, if you'll if you'll have me here. I would love but to have it. I don't, that Masters win really validated him as like a player for me, and I know that's kind of unfair because he's had a really good career up until this point, and like you know, it's it's a well documented uh, thing about how amazing his irons play, his iron play is. He's truly one of the best ball strikers on tour, and his putting's always killed him. That's always been the story. But after that Masters win, I really kind of lump him in with the big boys now. And, like, I get excited when Hideki's on my TV. And I used to be, like, I was like, oh, well, Hideki will never win this one, never win the big one. And I've really kind of done a 180 on him. I've really now enjoy watching Hideki, and I really find myself rooting for him more because I feel like that Masters win really validated him as one of the better players of this generation. Do you agree or am I off here? I don't know if it's so much the validation for me because I think he was always in that next tier down, right? Because he didn't have the major win, you were never going to put him there. But it's like, is he right on par? Now, this is unfair to him because he's actually won on tour. Is he right on par with Tony Finau? Yeah, he's kind of like in that class of guy that you're, yeah, he's excited to see him in the mix. But again, just because of the language barrier, the cultural stuff, there's just not as much you know about that person. You know, he's not the guy with the funny Instagram and yucking it up, or he's not doing his Bryson videos, or he's not even necessarily offering, you know, a strong quote about something like a John Romwell or a Rory. So I just think you didn't have that moment to let you inside, to know more about the guy. And it's not even like, you know, we heard some amazing stories following the Masters, but I think it was just that kind of humanizing moment. I mean, the two things that will always stand out to me about that Masters win, I mean, of course, his caddy bowing to Augusta is one of, like, the defining images of sport. It is so cool. Just an incredible way to honor the sport, honor his culture, make the win something of his own. It was incredible to see. But the thing I'll never forget about that for Hideki is him walking off the 18th green with the putter in his hand because he, like, did not realize what had just happened. Why is the putter in your hand? You're going to walk into Butler's cabin and get a green jacket and have a sick dinner, and it's going to be a great night, and sake's going to be flowing. 
and you have your putter in your hand. The fact that he's just was walking away stunned, that look on his face of clearly, and look, not to say anybody's going to win the Masters and say, oh, this is good for me and not be excited, but it was just the absolute stunned shockness of, wow, I really did it. And I think that just, that kind of humanized him a little bit for me. And so then, yeah, now when you see him at the top of leaderboards, I think of something other than, because before, when I'd see Hideki up there, I'd think of two things. I'd think of his shoes always matching his hat, and I'd think of him dropping his club and being annoyed with himself after hitting a dart to nine feet as opposed to three. Those were the things I thought about him, and they're funny. They make me chuckle, but now you actually have some kind of skin in the game with him, I feel like, for me. So I think it's a great point, and it definitely, it definitely makes me think about him differently. And it's funny you mentioned the the disgust with really great golf shots, and that when the I was watching the Olympic golf, those announcers, it was so funny to me. Remember when they were just like, yep. "Oh, he hates that one." It's like that must be terrible, and it's like ten feet. They're like, "Ah," it's like, "Yeah, tell me you haven't watched Hideki before without telling me." That's how you report on it. Like, yeah, he doesn't like a lot of shots. He doesn't get too fired up about any shots. He kind of looks disgusted at every shot he hits, and I guess he has a really, really high standard, especially with his irons. You know, like that's legitimately his whole game. So he's has a pretty high standard. So. I uh, I love that from Hideki. So yeah, I I love this course. I you know usually with these birdie fests, I don't get as fired up for them. But like, I think it's a beautiful course, and I think a big reason this field obviously it's like a major field. It's the playoffs. These guys are just playing really really good golf. You know, it's at the end of the season here. They're warmed up. They're hot. All the top guys are in contention, and it just feels like they are all smoking hot at the moment. And I think that's a big reason. Look, it's a gettable course, there's no doubt. And that's what you want in the playoffs. You don't want guys going out there and grinding and like it's a U.S. Open or whatever. You want birdies. You want explosiveness. You want changes in the leaderboard. You want everything. And I've been really imp- – I, I love when they go to Liberty National every like, – I just love the course. I love the backdrop, the Lady Liberty in the background, have them talking about what size of feet she has. It was just a whole crazy uh, – it's a really aesthetically pleasing course – and I'm loving the birdie fest this week, and I usually don't. Yeah, and I think you nailed it. It's that it's this isn't, you know, they're not playing in at the La Quinta National in California or some whole hum tournament in the dead of in the dead of summer, and the winner's going to be a 25 under, and the winner's going to be, I don't know, Brian Harmon to pick on him again today. Keith Mitchell, you're going to get a real winner. You're going to get a real, and it's going to be a low score. I think you're probably going to see it settle in at something like 17, 18. John Rahm's at 12 now. I think you're going to have to go low this weekend, but I think the conditions are going to make it a little tougher. I don't think they're just going to leave it like this. But, I mean, you mentioned how good the field is. Look at the top five. You know, and to pick on Keith Mitchell again, tell me which one of these things doesn't belong. John Rahm, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Keith Mitchell. And Xander Shoffley. Like, that is that is as loaded a top end as you could get out, outside of Keith. Sorry, just guys catching strays left, right, and center here. But it's it's just exactly what you want. And, I mean, it's in terms of exciting stars of the game. You have major winners in there. You have a guy like Finau who's still looking for that first win. Wow, how is that still happening? You have Xander Shoffley in the mix. He's won the Tour Championship before. So, I mean, this is just going to be – it's going to be an incredible kind of finish. I mean, and we we laugh. We poke fun at Keith Mitchell. But if he's able to keep himself inside the kind of top five, top ten here, 
he needs that to get into the next week of the, of the playoffs. That's what makes this format kind of so special. He started the week at 101. If he stays inside the top five, he'll be up to 36, and that gets him into to next week because you got to be inside the top 70. So I think that's the other kind of cool thing about this is, of course, you're watching the tournament. Of course, you're caring about that. But you can kind of pick your guy. Like, of course, for us, you know, Mac Hughes, that's the guy we kind of circle. That's the guy we watch most closely. He's going to be fine. He's projected to be 57. You just got to be inside the top 70, but you can sit there and kind of play games with, with where you think you're going to be at, where you should be at, and it, it's kind of fun to see. Uh, if we're going to talk about the golf this week, we have to talk about a psycho scorecard from a bit of a psycho. Oh, my God. Bryson DeChambeau. So you, you had it. What was it? He shot a even par round while making two pars in his opening round. Correct. And our, uh, our, he's going through it right now. And, you know, like I think he – I didn't see exactly what he finished up yesterday because he, the golf wasn't on TV for most of the day, which is lovely, you know. I'm watching um, – I'm watching the end of the day. I still got to see some great players, but like all of John Rahm's amazing uh, round yesterday, not on TV. Uh, explain that one to me. But uh, Bryson DeChambeau went 71, and then he finished finished up 65 to get himself into sort of, you know, not in contention, but at least at, at the top half of the leaderboard, tied for 17th. But yeah, uh, that that uh, round on that round on Thursday was insane. Like the front nine. Let me just go through the front nine. Oh, it's part of the first. Okay. Wow. What a par. Birdie, double, birdie, birdie, bogey, birdie, birdie, bogey. That's insane. And then you go to the back nine. Bogey, bogey, birdie, par, oh, par. Birdie, birdie, bogey, par, uh, birdie, and then a double. Just to finish it off. It's like this guy, he's playing some high, like, you know, like remember the high event hockey stuff when it comes to, uh, yes. when it comes to hockey? This guy's playing high event golf. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. If I'm if I'm covering the PGA Tour or if I'm a fan right now, there's not many places I want to be more than watching Bryson DeChambeau up close because there's just so many different ways it can go. You're going to see monster drives. You're going to see him get mad. You're going to hear people call him Brooksy. You're going to see him get steamed. He is at the top of the list when it comes to guys you want to follow on tour right now because he is just a complete psycho. It's crazy. And if you love rules, rules officials, you're definitely oh yeah, then you'll be really fired up. Mix. You know he's going to be there. I think it's going to be interesting to see what it's like for him this weekend. I mean, I know, I know Shane Ryan. He's been kind of talking it up a lot that he thinks it's just kind of gone overboard in terms of how much Bryson's getting hair. Or, or yeah, yeah, Bryson. I see. I even forget. I'm like, wait, is his name Brooksy now? Like Brooksy <laughs> into my brain, Brooksy Bryson. Uh, we remember kind of how it was, how those fans get when it's at Beth Page. I know it's not quite the same area, but it pretty much is. It could be a lubricated crowd this weekend. And hey, man, if Bryson's playing well, he'll feed off that. But if it's not, he he'll feed off that likely just as well. I'm interested to see how it plays out. It's going to be a fun week, and honestly, I I really can't wait to see how he fits into the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Mm. We won't hear anything the week of, but come come October, when we're really into the thick of football season, then the stories will, will start to come out about just what a weirdo he is and how he fit in with the team. I'm dying. I cannot wait. It's going to be, I mean, basically have a month left in the golf season here. Ryder Cup is pretty much a month from, from this week, if not five weeks out, and that's kind of the, the unofficial end of it. It's going to be such a fun sprint to the finish here. Oh, yeah. And I think this is going to be a spectacular weekend for golf. So guess what? If you're teeing it now, you get out, you play your round, you get home in time, flip on the golf. It's going to be a great afternoon. 
you know, you could flip on the Blue Jays too. Listen on Sports at Five Ninety The Fan if you feel like torturing yourself, and that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I love I love this tournament. I'm, ho- I'm hoping for our uh, our woman Brooke. She didn't have the best start today. I think she bogeyed the first. I don't know what she did in the second hole, but right in contention. Uh, she's there. Just put a couple birdies together, and she could have a nice another another major under her belt. But boy, that is a competitive tour. Very, very competitive tour. Uh, bogey at the first after a three jack, and then uh, par par after that. So yeah, okay. still four off the pace. Still plenty back of time in, left. Back on the rails. That's right, back on the rails. That's what we like to hear. Uh, always love having you guys back with us. Uh, sneak in a couple more texts here. Joseph from Woodbridge playing in Copper Creek. Boy, we know that place well, and we Ooh, love it as well. Uh, Matt in. Yes, very lucky. Matt in Carverin uh, teeing it up at Blair Hampton in Algonquin Highlands for a nice easy nine. The deer already watching us play. Boy, if that doesn't sound like Canadian golf, it also kind of sounds like fall golf, which I can't wait for. Not ready to run away from summer yet, but fall golf, it's beautiful. Get to put on my pants, get to throw on a long sleeve. Maybe it's vest season if you're listening out there, Adam Stanley. Ooh, I can't wait. This is the thing. I love all types of golf. I love talking about it with you. McKee, fun show today. Great job, Derek Brendejo. As always, thank you for listening to The Golf Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.